So, the Houston Rockets just got, I guess, they lost to the Golden State Warriors by, like, 13 points. Oh, this is going to be a long one, guys. Welcome to the Benchwarmer Post, where I, Anik Ahmed, your host, will be talking about Game 1 of the series that we've all been waiting for ever since... Chris Paul got traded to the Houston Rockets. Golden State Warriors versus Houston Rockets for the Western Conference Finals. Uh, So, where do I begin? Alright, well, everyone was hoping for Houston Rockets to show up and play and to really take down the Rockets. Harden had uh, 41 points. And uh, Stephen Curry only had 18 points. Sounds good so far, right? Right? Well, wrong. Kevin Durant, who had shooting splits of 50, 50, and 100. And the Warriors as a whole scored, like, they had a 52% uh, shooting range. Like, shooting percentage, my fault. Houston Rockets, I think they had, like, what, a 43%? That's... Honestly, I don't know if I can even say I'm disappointed in the Rockets because I'm not. This is just the usual type of stuff that we've come to see them play as the season progressed. But I, I don't know if anyone can really beat the, the Warriors. I truly do not think anyone could, could seriously beat the Warriors right now. Kevin Durant just had to go to a 73-9 win team. What else could I say, you know? Um, it wasn't the offense that, like, the Warriors, like, it gave them an edge. It wasn't that, because uh, Steph Curry had, like, 18 points and 9 rebounds. Uh, Clay didn't have, like, a great shooting night, too. If I could bring up the stats, I would, but, you know, maybe I will, but... Um, Kevin Durant had 37 points. He's nothing flashy. He just hits his shots and plays defense. And let, I'm going to say this. The Warriors defense was suffocating the Houston Rockets. In like literally in the, like five minutes, they had like two shot clogger violations in like the first quarter. That's insane. That's asinine, actually. It's truly asinine. Uh, one thing I did notice is that Harden, he would he would not get the foul calls because he's really known for his foul calls. He would not get the foul calls as he'd wanted. The refs, uh, they did not call this uh, over-the-back call, and it really frustrated all the Houston Rockets fans and Harden himself. But, you know, what are you going to do? Tony Brothers is the one that's really refing, and he's kind of tied back to uh, corruption and fixing games. Besides the point, um... Really, Houston, I don't know what they're going to do. I truly do not know what they're going to do. Because uh, really, you want to know what I think they have to do? They, they really have to have someone, they need to have the bench step up. Their bench did phenomenal, like in the regular season. You had Joe Green. 
You got Trevor Ariza, who Trevor Ariza got into foul trouble this game, and it just really went south r- real quick. Since Trevor Ariza got into foul trouble, it really put a damper into the Houston Rockets, and that over over the back call really put a like good nail in the coffin in terms of momentum. Uh, I have the stats coming up. Nick Young actually came up big for the Warriors. Um, he had nine points, all of them were threes. After like literally not doing anything in the regular season, so kudos to Nick Young, my man Sean Livingston. You know, seven points with the mid range and five rebounds. I I personally love his game, regardless if he is a warrior. He he plays very smart and elegant. Uh, what else can I say? Kevin Durant had 20, 37 points. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Clay had twenty eight. You know, you really think that um, Clay wouldn't be able to do so much damage, but you have to realize that, like, before Kevin Durant, he was the number two option, and they were the Splash Brothers. You don't hear that much nowadays, but they are the Splash Brothers for a reason. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the quarterly stats, and it just seems like Houston Rockets, they outscored the Warriors by one point in the first quarter. Second quarter, um, Golden State beat them by like one point with 27-26. This is where it gets sketchy, and this is where the Warriors truly excel. They're like the opposite of the New York Knicks. They do not fall apart at the third quarter. They really turn it up for them. And um, apparently they outscored Houston by 63-50 in the second half. With 31 points against 24 in in the third quarter. And 32 and 26 in the fourth quarter. Whew, that's that's pretty. That's, it, they didn't even play that well. That's the thing. These Warriors, they have so many weapons. So many guys that can shoot the three, give you quick little, like, easy layups and, like, mid range shots. And <clears throat> all these guys can switch on to other players and defend them well. They're just they're just stacked with talent. Um, what else should I say? PJ Tucker had one point. One point in 35, 34 minutes played, five rebounds and two assists. This is what I'm talking about. You know, there where where's the help? Um Trevor Reza had eight points and two rebounds in twenty three minutes played, but you know, it's not really much to be um, excited about. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Clint Capella, you know, he had 12 points, three re- three assists, and six rebounds. I think he had a block in the first quarter, which, which made everyone stand up because, you know, the first quarter was great for the Rockets. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, he's playing in work, you know, 11, 11 rebounds. Three assists and 23 points, but Harden with the stat line of 41, seven assists, 11 rebounds, and 38 minutes played. That's that's the brazy. That's pretty brazy. Um, if Harden has to put up 41 points and they still lose, like I don't know what else to say. Nene didn't show up. Luke Bamute didn't show up. Ryan Anderson's like. AFK I'm just the Rockets have the potential to win it 
and they literally said they were built for this. Where's the building blocks, bro? Where, where's this construction that you guys been telling us about? I'm a Rocket supporter currently because I don't want the Warriors to win. I do not want KD to win the rings as easy as they are to win. It seems like at this rate, they're just going to steamroll themselves into the finals and then win another one. And it's just going to... It's just going to... You can't say it ruins the NBA because it breeds competition. I, I don't like that argument, but... You can, you can say that the NBA playoffs, it does become a little bit more boring in a way because it's like you have to wait until the salary cap takes place and um, what kind of difficult decision they'll make because Clay Thompson's up for a $50 million, uh, contract extension. But, and this is, this is why everyone's hating the Warriors. Because these guys have no ego. Their only ego is to play to win. And be the best team ever. He stated, Clay Thompson states that. If he could shoot down. Or take a team friendly deal. Quote unquote. He'll do it. That means they can have this core for years. Years bro. Imagine having to deal with the Warriors. For five more years. Even MJ's bowls did not last that long. That's crazy. Durant and Curry out like they could really just beat like Michael Jordan's record in terms of like being the GOATs. Because they're already GOATs in their own respective ways. But the fact that like, you know, they can win that many rings, the fact that LeBron's whole legacy hinges on the fact that the Warriors have to lose like a couple times a season the fact that the Warriors that came out of nowhere because the Warriors have been garbage for like 41 years prior to their 2014-2015 season where they blew up where Stephen Curry really showed the entire NBA what he's made of prior to that LeBron was literally coasting the big three heat era changed everything and that also kind of retroactively fixed what KD was going to do Draymond calling him from the parking lot asking him to join the Warriors it's kind of insane the fact that like LeBron who we all thought was going to succeed MJ might not be able to do that in many ways he has but In all honesty, if he doesn't get those rings, that's the one argument that people are going to have against him and Jordan. He's even quoted as saying he's trying to chase the ghost. The ghost of Michael Jordan. And the fact that these warriors that came out of nowhere in 2014-2015 are throwing a wrench into his plans. The fact that he's going to go into like all social media darkness in order to see where he's going to go for the free agency again. And the fact that LeBron, he has to do it all by himself. And, like, he's getting older. You could tell. Like, subtly, yes, he's increased his three-point stroke to, like, new levels. And he's still doing it on a day-to-day basis. But the man is 33 years old. At some point, one or another, it's going to take a toll on him. And, personally, that's why I believe he's going to go to a younger team. Maybe the Utah Jazz or 
you know, many people are saying Philly, but I personally would like to think that the Utah Jazz would be a pretty good fit for them. But really, if if LeBron like doesn't leave the Cavs, you know, I don't know if he's gonna win another ring. I don't even know if he can win another ring with the Warriors being how good they are right now. Um, one a couple things I noticed during the game is that they they locked up Harden a lot. They um like the Rockets defense. The the Rockets offense was just pretty much locked down by the Warriors' physical defense, and it's kind of crazy that. That they they were able to do that, you know, with all the switching and the motion and off ball motion plays, all of these um the Warriors they could really just switch onto anyone and defend them still like as well as they could. That's it's pretty crazy. That's extremely crazy. One thing I will say though that <clears throat> that really should not be understated is that Houston did not make the best shots. And uh, the Warriors defense, they actually read them pretty well. There was like numerous times where Houston would do turnovers. And it would be just unnecessary things. Maybe Curry would read a pass. Or um, Chris Paul would force a uh, turnover. But then the Warriors would get it back. It's just... They're... The Warriors are just playing better. And not marginally better. It's just the fact that they have two MVPs and like four All-Stars. It's it's asinine how great they are. As a basketball fan, I guess, you know, seeing these guys dominate is just like the 80s Celtics and Lakers, the 90s Bulls, and, um, you know, early 2000s Lakers, but... No team has really been this dominant ever. One thing I did notice though is that Houston's three-point shooting. Um, what? Let me look up the uh, percentage. So Houston's three-point percentage was at thirty-five point one percent. That's that's pretty good, you know. Thirteen out of uh, twenty-seven shots made. It's not bad. But the Warriors, their three-point percentage was it's marginally better, but. with a a, uh, 13 and 23, oh wait, no, it's 13 and 37 for the Rockets, and it's 13 13 and 33 for the Warriors. Now, still 35 and 39%, but one thing I'm looking at is that their field goal percentage was just so much better than not even so much better, but it's just, it made a lot more of a difference. Uh, it was a 42 to 80 for the Warriors with a 52% um, field goal rating. That's that's pretty good. You know, they're above average. They're above half. And um, the Houston Rockets had a uh, 45.9. That's basically like 46 percentage with a uh, 39.85 field goal percentage. That's, that's not bad, but Houston has to make these shots. They have to make them count. And 
Playing one-on-one isos, you can only do that for so long before Warriors can really figure out what they're doing. The Warriors have so many weapons, but Houston, they don't really have that much perimeter. I mean, they do have perimeter shooting, don't get me wrong. But who would you rather have on an ISO? James Harden and Chris Paul versus what? Gerald Green, Trevor Ariza, <laughs> Compello can't shoot. So, um, PJ Tucker, I don't know where he's at. But it's kind of crazy. Oh, uh, fun fact. Uh, Chris Paul has a uh, playoff career low for three assists this game. So, you know, that might have something to do with the uh, Houston's performance. Which they did not perform bad at all. It's just that the Warriors are just so much better. You know, you have uh, Drake. Draymond can make some three-point shots. You have Clay, who when he's on fire, he's on fire. Uh, Steph, even if he's having a bad night, you still have Kevin Durant, who will make all the shots, mainly because of his natural height advantage and the way, like, how fast he moves, you know. I've been saying, and I'm pretty sure a lot of NBA analysts have been saying, is that the game is shifting towards a uh, more of a big man type of game where a big man that can do it all is what you need to succeed in the league. And it's true, you know. It's very much true. Uh, I'm just re-watching the game right now, and I see, like, the Warriors, they're locking up a lot of people. Clay Thompson is a perfect 3 and D guy of this league. He just locked up Nene, who had to, who was going in for a post-up, but he had to, like, pass it back to uh, P.J. Tucker, who missed a 3, and they got the rebound. The fact that, like, Clay Thompson could really just lock up Nene and dock over a post-up is just... Wow, you know, that their defense is really just suffocating Houston. Houston's a team that is known for their offense. Mike D'Antoni is an offensive coach. Yes, they can play defense as well, but not up to par. Not up to par. And the Warriors excel in this. It's, it's just really unfair of how much of an advantage the Warriors have. Uh, one thing I will say is that the Warriors, they they played well. Even if Steph Curry was having an off night by his standards. You have Kevin Durant picking up the slack. And he really just doesn't do anything wrong or anything flashy, like I said. This guy, he takes his shots and he makes them. Um, What more could I really say? Uh, Kevon Looney really surprised me, you know. He's a rookie from UCLA and... He's he's playing well. He reminds he he has the build of Kevin Durant, you know, slim and lanky, but he's shown that he could like do a lot more than just the like defend. He he could actually shoot. He could actually shoot well. And if the Warriors play their cards right, he he could develop into a key piece. He's pretty key right now too. But you know he's doing well. Uh, a lot of times, you know, they would go on one-on-one ISOs, Houston Rockets, and it just would not work in transition. Transition breaks are killing the Houston Rockets. You know, I just saw t- uh, Sean Livingston go in for an easy lay-in while no one was guarding him because someone was just too busy just tr- running the floor and just worried about Clay and Kevin. Why are you not, like, defending Sean? Sean's a pretty a great, you know, shooter and his mid-range shot is his mid-range shot is so wet, but it's like, 
they, they have too many weapons to really focus on that. You have to double up on one guy, and next thing you know, someone else is open. They just get easy points. <sighs> Katie just pulled up on uh, James Harden, and it's like, it's the height of the match is insane. His stroke is wet, and when he's hot, he is hot. When Harden's off, he's real off. I mean, he had 41 points this game. He wasn't off, but I don't know what else he could do. And I would like to fix my uh, previous statement of um, the score, which was 113 to 103 or something like that. And it was actually 119 to 106. That was my fault, you know. I don't know what else to really say. Katie, he's he's amazing. He's great. He's the only person that's really better than him is LeBron. But you know, Katie just had to choose the easiest route to win rings. I'm not sure if I even agree with that at all. It's it's crazy. I'm gonna say it's crazy and asinine because it truly has ruined. Parody, and yes, I know people will say, oh, parody, there really hasn't been any parody, so this is usually, like, top four teams always battling it out, but that's a thing. There are no top four seed uh, teams anymore. Even during the Heatles era, you saw the 2011 Mavs, who were the underdogs of all time, with only Dirk being the only superstar. That team had Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, um, J.J. Barea, uh, I don't even remember who else, those are the names that just came to my head, and damn, they beat the first year Heatles during twenty during, during their 2011 run, That's it's a great feat, they're underdogs, and I, I love that playoff series to death, I watched documentaries, I've watch those games over and over again just because of the fact that the way that Dirk just takes over it's crazy you know? and it showed that the Heatles are not unbeatable San Antonio's Spurs actually beat the Heatles as well during their last season it's, it's wild about that it's wild the fact that everyone thought the Heatles were unbeatable and yet they out of their four finals trips they only they only won one only one two. Ugh, my fault. Getting tongue tied. They only won two, and that's what LeBron. That's when LeBron chose to go back home. When it won for Cleveland to really re I guess restructure his legacy. But I don't believe that he expected this Warriors team to come up as fast as they did and become so dominant. The point is that. Kevin Durant, <clears throat> he ruined parody because he was an MVP. He was the second best player next to LeBron. They were up the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams. You know, they were up three and one against the reigning champions. That that's crazy, you know? And then next thing you know, they shit they, they they shit the bed so hard. Anyone who's a basketball fan will tell you this is that 
the fact that KD really just shit the bed. You know, they choked. And, you know, if you look at, like, what KD's doing on his social media accounts, you know, everyone says that, oh, on his Instagram handle called Clear Sultan, he's calling out his teammates, saying he can't win with these cats. And I'm. this is going to tie into, like, what a piece I'm writing about, about Russell Westbrook and the situation in Oklahoma City currently right now. But saying the fact that, like, he can't, he doesn't want to be the number one guy on a team. He wants a teammate that's, like, unselfish. The Warriors are perfect for that. And I do not blame him for leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I blame him for leaving for the Warriors, who just had the best run without him, by the way, in NBA regular season history with a 73 wins and 9 losses. You know how ridiculous that an MVP who was up 3-1 against that team literally gets a call from Draymond Green and essentially is like, yes, I'll join your team in the free agency. That broke the whole NBA. That truly did break the NBA because of the fact of how easy they've, they've become, like, how easy a final strip has become for them. You can say the West is tougher. That does not matter. This Warriors team is stacked. It's it's crazy. Oh, no, man. Um, I truly do not know. I, I'm re-watching this game. I'm in the fourth quarter right now, and one of the problems I'm seeing is that no one can really just, like, guard KD. No one. And that's their, that's the thing. Because Steph, yeah, sure, you can guard Steph. You know, he's just going to move around the ball and just shoot a three like it's nothing. He's, like, he's going to set screens. He, he'll play off ball. But with KD, he's matching them one for one on their isos. That's, that's, he's unstoppable. Really, he's unguardable, he's unstoppable, whatever you want to say it. He's he's a slim reaper. He is literally the slim reaper. And I'm afraid that Houston Rockets might not be as built as we thought. Maybe they're built out of, like, straw or hay, but they're definitely not built for the Warriors as much as we thought. Because regular season versus playoff season... It's just different, you know? A lot of people are making comparisons to the Raptors because they were the first seed and they mentally can't get over LeBron. But that's different, you know? The Rockets are the first seed, but they don't have, like, a mental block against the Warriors. I think it's just the fact that it really is about, you know, the the Warriors just being that much better. That much better against the whole NBA On the Warriors' defense, though, whenever they try switching up, they always put KD on Harden or have Curry on Harden. But KD's always nearby because of his length. His length and his wingspan, it really just, like, encapsulates that he could be anywhere. And I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know how you're going to beat that. LeBron did it, but really, <laughs> that that was just... that was. That was a miracle, I will say that, but, 
you know, Katie's everywhere. He will he will always like be attached to his man or be switching with another teammate. <clears throat> I don't know how long, how much longer I could talk about the Rockets because it's just becoming a little depressing at this point. But um speak I will I will talk about the uh, Celtics tomorrow actually. And I will have my uh, Russell Westbrook piece out tomorrow on my website, thebenchwarmerpost.blog. But in other news, uh, Toronto has fired Dwayne Casey. Yeah, um, I kind of saw this coming. A lot of people were very unsure what they were going to do after this. Devastating uh, semi-finals loss to the Cleveland LeBrons, and I I gotta say is that I'm not sure if it's the right move. It could be like it it could be a great move if they get a great coach that could really just take the score instead of like just like trading someone and whatnot. I know there was like a lot of trade rumors about like Demar being traded because of his performance, maybe rebuilding with Kyle Lowry, but. I, I doubt it. Really, it's more about who how who is really gonna just pull these Raptors together mentally. They're a great team. They're a great young team. They have a lot of things to work with. And personally, like, you know, I could see like David Blatt coaching them. But I don't know if David Blatt's even gonna get a chance. Apparently, uh, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, he the um, the current favorites for the Bucks and Toronto Raptors job is you guessed it, Mike Budenholzer. Now I'm not sure if he's gonna be much of an improvement with Dwayne Casey. I mean, granted, like here are the main gripes. I guess I, I looked at uh, Masai Ujiri's. Uh, press conference right after he fired Dwayne Casey and here are my main complaints for is that you know like the Raptors offense it just it just make it's about moving the ball but I guess if you want a good comparison sake is that the Warriors they move themselves as well as the ball to confuse their defenders and to get good looks for everyone else because they have so many weapons they're basically the Raptors are just moving the ball you know everyone's still in like similar positions and yes moving the ball can help but if you don't move your shift or move your players around and do adjustments it's not gonna help you know the offense might be stagnant and predictable and I think that's one of the reasons why they lost um what else can I say? Uh, the Raptors, they also... Uh, their bench didn't really show up as much as I thought they would, to be honest. You know, you could blame on LeBron being LeBron and, you know, DeRozan just not showing up as much as we could. But, regardless, Raptors needed some type of change, be it trading some players for some picks or other key pieces or whatnot... Who knows what's going to happen once a new coach is going to be within the uh, organization. Who knows? And personally, I think Mike Budenholzer will probably choose the Bucks 
but that's also a dicey situation mainly because it's the Bucks they have a rotating ownership which is so weird um if you look into it it's like they each switch for like two years or three years and whatnot and with that might come like different front office regimes and it's it's just not it's just not optimal however you do have you know to take into account that oh I could they could someone could coach Giannis Antetokounmpo one of the group one that like could be great that kid has that much of a potential and I think Budenholzer could choose that as like a route but I don't I personally do not know per like really I could see um the Toronto Raptors uh, going after David Blatt maybe or uh, Ime Udoka, a Spurs assistant coach. Um, but those are only like two names that like come into my mind. I do not believe that Dwayne Casey will be like on a short list for any coaching or head coaching searches currently right now. But if I'm being honest with you, he's he's gonna be back in the NBA very soon, just not right now. Um, what else could I really say? You know, it's the first time Maasai's, their own, their uh, owner, the Raptors owner and GM, uh, this is the first time ever really, he's the first time he's going to really inherit, I mean, uh, hire, whoops, hire a coach. And it's going to be interesting to see what direction he's going to take it into. Uh, Dwayne Casey sent out a letter saying that he thanks Toronto for everything. And he is their best coach. He led them to their best record ever, ever since the uh, Vinsanity days. But he's, I guess you could say he's hes good for the regular season, but playoff time when it comes to like making adjustments and showing the medal in your coaching and X's and O's, he's not, he's not optimal, you know? Uh, I don't even know which announcer said it, but during uh, game four, he literally said that oh, Dwayne Casey didn't look at any uh, game film for Game Four to get ready for it. Instead, he made the uh, players watch their AAU tapes in order to get like their spirits boosted and whatnot. That to me does not sound like a coach and a team are mentally strong to go into a Game Four. That's just being really weak and pathetic, like you're rolling over and dying, and that is not how a playoff team should operate. That's just what a mediocre team would be like, you know? I would expect maybe the Grizzlies to be like that, or, I don't know, um, the Atlanta Hawks currently, I guess. But aside from that, there's there's a lot, like, there's a lot going on in Toronto right now, and I, I'm curious to see who they choose for their head coach. Uh, I'd be surprised if Budenholzer chooses... Toronto over the Bucks, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a bad fit at all, you know. Um, what more can I say? I think that really wraps it up. I'm gonna go into in depth about Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder problem onto uh, my blog article. It's gonna be really in depth in terms of like showing stats and whatnot, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, I'm going to 
go through the Celtics and Cavs game because I really want to dissect Brad Stevens' coaching. That's what I really want to do. You know, I'm intrigued by the man as is everyone else. You know, he's like literally one of the youngest coaches whose hiring came out of the left field and it amazed everyone to see how like he's doing. Uh, maybe I might do the whole Celtics organization, like whole podcast episode on that. But, you know, other than that, there's nothing much to really talk about. I'm hoping the Rockets win game two, but aside from that, we'll, we'll see where it goes, you know? Everyone needs to step up. Everyone. This is Anika Med from the Bench Warm Post. And thank you for listening. Peace.